So as we go back to the office, so to speak, or figure out what our teams look like in the ever-changing, I don't even want to say post-COVID, I just want to say ever-changing environment of how we work and what that looks like in person, remotely, et cetera. You know, one of the things that's on people's minds these days is how do I really create a unique and meaningful team culture on a budget? Because in small organizations, it's not enough to just be in person, but it's also not enough to just take people for granted. And we have to be intentional and deliberate around the experience we're creating for our our teams. And I, I speak from experience knowing that it's not enough to know that the work is meaningful because I feel like as a sector, we've leaned on that, right? We're doing important, good work. And so, you know, that should be enough, but it's not enough. And that's what we're gonna be talking about on today's podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and you're listening to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, where we bring you practical, down-to-earth advice on how to get more done for your small nonprofit, because you are going to change the world, and we're here to help. So today's guest is Ashley Livingstone from Our Forte, and Ashley has built her career creating curated and memorable experiences for people. And today she's going to join us talking about how you can do that for your teams, whether you are in person, remote, or hybrid. So Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Cindy. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm delighted to have you. And I have experienced some of your experience creation uh, myself. Um, And I really, this has been on my mind a lot, um, working with a team remotely and building teams remotely during the pandemic and figuring out how we keep people connected and uh, motivated. So let's dive in. You tell us a little bit about your work uh, and what you do with uh, our forte specifically around teams with edge. And we can dive in. I know you have some pillars that we are going to uncover. So let's get started. Yeah, thank you. I think, you know, it's interesting time for these conversations. And I feel like more and more folks are having these conversations, which is pointing into a really good direction. So the work that I typically am doing right now with Teams with Edge is helping leaders connect back with their teams and their clients. Um, we often get into what I call like busy, you know, that hustle culture that Mm -hmm. we're all like, no big X through it. We just get into that hamster wheel and just going, going, going. And we forget about the human connection. And really what I'm trying to do with Teams with Edge is, is have a human first approach. And the nice thing about that is it doesn't actually have to cost you money. It just has to cost you a little bit of time, which you do have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I always say to people, you have time. This is the most important thing you can invest your time in, right? When it comes to where you can have an impact, it's empowering your team. That should be your number one time priority. Yeah. It's your highest, like when you think about highest leveraged actions that you can be taking, 
It doesn't mean all the things that you have to do yourself. It's how you can empower your team and connect with them so that they can do amazing work and feel proud about the work that they're doing. And all of this seems simple, right? It seems like obvious, but so many folks are not doing it. And I think there's a variety of reasons why they're not. So I you know, don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole. But the fact is that people are leaving their jobs. Um, we've all heard about mm-hmm. the great resignation and leaders are struggling. And when one person leaves or a second person leaves, maybe a third, that workload in the meantime gets put on the other team members or you as a leader. And if you thought you didn't have time before and you thought your team was getting burnt out and overwhelmed before, uh, lose a couple of people and see what happens. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, Before we dive into what this should look like, Mm -hmm. I would like to spend a minute or two just talking about what it shouldn't look like or what people do that they think is going to move the needle, but actually Mm -hmm. doesn't. Because I do feel like sometimes we get caught up in like trying to be super creative or, you know, we think that again, as I mentioned in the introduction, like we think that sometimes the work is rewarding enough or, um, you know, I don't know. I think there's lots of ways that people take misguided action. So has there been anything that you've seen that um, doesn't have a great return or success? Yeah. So I've seen lots, but I think I'll kind of go back a little bit. You know, when I first started Our Forte, it was primarily an event-based business. I was creating experiences for fundraising organizations to help them connect with donors and raise money. And the evolution, just like everything, keeps I keep evolving. And, you know, folks were coming to me to throw a party. Mm. Right? They wanted a team building. They would come to me and say, do you do team building? I want to have a, a party for my team. And we'd start the planning process. And the more I talked to them, the more I realized they were actually just checking a box. Mm. They were having a party to say they had a party to say, look, I see I did the appreciation. Um, And then they are faced with people who aren't engaged and don't actually want to come to your party. And then they think my team doesn't need it. See, nobody was interested. Mm. Um, So I don't need to do these things for my team. But really, the party should be the celebration of connection. And you need to do, it's like having the wedding, but not dating. (laughs) Yeah. No one wants to be there. Yeah. Oh, that's so awkward. Um, You need to do the foundational work ahead of time to build that team show ongoing connection with them so that when it's time to have a year-end celebration or a halfway point celebration, whatever it is, people are actually excited to go. Yeah, They see value for them to attend. So those sorts of things. And also just um, like gift cards, gift cards with no meaning, like a lot of Tim Hortons gift cards. I get it. <laughs> We're Canadian. <laughs> like our Tim's like I think people like Tim's um but just giving your team members a five dollar Tim Hortons gift card is not it doesn't feel meaningful especially Mm -hmm. when it's just everyone gets it 
seemingly for no reason. Mm, That tends to miss the mark as well. Um, And then just like blanket generic emails that get Mm. sent out that say, good job team. (laughs) Go us. Go us. Yeah. So I think those things, you know, at the end of the day, people want to be seen and they want to be heard and they want to know that they matter. Mm. They know, especially in this industry, they know the work they do matters. But I don't know about you, Cindy, but I've definitely worked for people and organizations before I went out on my own, where I was actually told how replaceable I was. So that whole notion of like, everybody's replaceable, like you're holding this position, but you're replaceable. Or when somebody leaves a leader saying, that's okay, no problem. We can easily replace that person. People are replaceable. That mentality, even if you say it a couple of times or you try and say it jokingly, that seeps into people. And so yes, the work that they're doing matters, but if they think they're replaceable or you can easily replace them, that's where they're not going to feel connected to what they're doing. Yes. Oh my goodness. That, I mean, let's just, let's keep going. You have four pillars Mm -hmm. of areas that people are, let's call them points of leverage, right? Where we need, we can focus our time and energy to actually make people feel like they matter. Right. I love that. I think that is so true. So let's dive into how we can do this. What are some of the the mechanics? Yeah. So I I created, um, the edge pillars mostly because I personally need things to be broken down into buckets. When you say something like let's create a team appreciation program or a team engagement program, it can seem super overwhelming and a little bit like you don't know where to start. And that's all often what is that paralyzing barrier for people that you don't know where to start. So you don't start the edge pillars stand for engagement development, gratitude and experiences. And when you can start to um, brainstorm ideas for each of those pillars of what you can do to connect with your team or give back to your team, for your team to give back to you as well and each other. It's not just a top down. I want to be clear on that. It's not just up to the leader. Um, It makes it a little bit more bite-sized and seemingly actionable that you can implement. So when I talk about engagement, I really think about how are you connecting with your team, you know, if not daily, weekly, what is that and how are they connecting with each other? So I always want to look at it in two ways that the leader sets the tone, um, kind of like the parent and the family, you set the tone for how things are going to go, but then you encourage your team members to do that with each other as well. So some engagement um, ideas is just it waste time. <laughs> strategically, I always say that strategically because people like that word, um, <laughs> strategically waste time at the start of a meeting say hello. Mm, yeah. Have, especially if you're working remotely. Um, but this carries over into office or hybrid work and this costs you no money. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? How was your weekend? 
and remember what people say. I always feel like if someone on Friday is like, oh, I'm going to do this this weekend, Monday, how was that? Right? Like just even if you need to make notes for yourself. For sure. (laughs) Just seeing that person and like remembering what's important to them, I think is so huge. Um, And giving them space to talk about it. Yes. Right. When you encourage people to share about things that aren't work-related, you're connecting on a personal level, right? There's definitely roles and things that need to get done in an office, but it all gets done so much smoother and with more enthusiasm when people feel connected to the people they're working with. Mm, Yeah. And I mean, this would have happened around the water cooler, so to speak, Mm -hmm. when things are in person, but even as we go back to the office, schedules will be different. I imagine things will be very different. So we have to be intentional with this. So building it into our meetings, as you said, strategically waste time, uh, or I would say open time for people to connect. Do you have any examples or ideas of, you know, other than what we've already talked about, like, how was your weekend or how are you doing ways to open people up? Right. Because very often in our sector, there's this feeling of, okay, let's just get to the point. I have so much to do. Da, da, da. How do, and we're on zoom. So how can we create that feeling of connection with some strategic questions or um, even just holding space? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you kind of mentioned something about we're all so busy, so let's just get into it. That type of leadership of, okay, I know you're all so busy, so let's just cut to the chase and get you all off Zoom faster. That actually creates disconnection. That really feels robotic. And like every engagement you have is transactional. So, you know, again, for all, all of us working in nonprofit, you think about how you engage with your donors and treat your employees and your team members the same way. Yeah. I tell my corporate clients the same way, treat your team members as if they're your clients, because then you almost put a different lens on it. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, that, um, if you have a really shy team or a team of introverts, you know, sometimes the worst thing you can do is say, okay, Cindy, it's your turn to share. That's mortifying. And it actually probably makes the connection worse. Yeah. Right. So you do have to get to know who on your team wants to share and how, but encourage it. So you can do, I know leaders who have, um, pulled those like family cards or conversation starters, Mm. do it as a bit of a round Robin, um, get people's feedback. Oh, put it in the chat. If you don't want to share, you know, whatever, just make it something where everyone can contribute. I also know groups that have actually um, partnered people up. So you are meant to, if you're, especially if you're new, you would have 15 half hour meetings as part of your onboarding with each team member, regardless if you're going to work with them or not. Some of my best relationships actually are from people I don't have to work with you know, intimately on a project. They're the people who are doing the graphic design or the IT. They're people who I end up having so much more in common with. Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, one of the things when I used to work in house, I, one of the things I would always start with is 
and this to your point before, I would always start with getting to know the donors, right? Because I'm a fundraiser. But equally as important was getting to know all the staff, right? And connecting and having lunch with them and all of that. And so I think that point of even if they're not, and I just gave this advice to one of our students who was working uh, with an organization and she's like, how do I get out of my silo? I said, like, just bust it. Like, can have one-on-one conversations with people and just over coffee or whatever and just chat, get to know each other. It's, and I think that a lot of people will say, yeah, but on Zoom, it's hard. I get it. It's a challenge that we're facing right now, but we can overcome that. And I think for so many leaders who are hiring, right, we're, we're seeing a lot of new hires coming in, start fresh. If you haven't implemented some of these things in the beginning, like before, it's not too late. Um, I know one organization who in the interview process asks people um, either A, what's your favorite way to spend $10? Or B, how do you take your coffee? And then when they start on that first day, either a Starbucks gift card shows up (laughs) at their house or they, we can Uber Eats pretty much anything to anybody. So you send that coffee for their first day, or you give them, you know, something that $10, if it's, I would buy, you know, 30 giant chocolate bars, well, send 30 giant chocolate bars for $10. It means you listened. Yeah. I love, love, love that. And $10, Um, we have $10. Yeah, we really do. And (laughs) I don't know if I just say this on air, but like my... My, my husband works for the Ontario government. They're actually, they don't have $10. They're really not allowed to spend that, but he pulls it out of his pocket and still does it because it's important. And, you know, that's also our role as leaders sometimes. So, um, yeah, (laughs) it actually probably seems even more meaningful then because Mm -hmm. people know it came out of his own pocket Mm -hmm. and not just a, an expense. Yes. Go back to the business. So, Yeah, I think the engagement piece is one of those things that as a leader, you need to look at and create a bit of a plan, especially if you if it doesn't come naturally to you. That's why I always say, you know, take that engagement, think of a bunch of different things you can do and pick one or two to start implementing. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do them all. Pick one or two, start implementing them and also pick one that your team can start doing with one another, Mm -hmm. right? These like coffee lunches or you know, go for a walk and talk to somebody on the phone while you walk. You know, if you're working remotely, it's like, okay, accountability hour, Cindy, we're going to go for a walk and I'm going to talk to you the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that. All right. Let's move on to development. Um, Switching gears a little bit, because I think this is a pretty different topic, but what does for you, what does this pillar mean? And what does it look like in practice? Yeah. So for me, development looks like mentorship. It looks like understanding what your team members goals Mm -hmm. and future is in what they want, not just what you see in them, asking them. Um, So I love to encourage leaders to have one-on-ones. Again, you do have time. (laughs) I do a whole thing on time management. That's Mm -hmm. a different topic, but have those one-to-ones and don't make it about 
the work or the project, but about them and what growth opportunities. Somebody may be really interested in marketing, but they're in, you know, donor stewardship and you have no idea, but knowing that ahead of time, when an opportunity or a special project comes up, you know, you can offer that to them because it's, you've had that conversation and you know, Mm -hmm. development also looks like investing in personal and professional development. And, you know, hopefully we can set some money aside to have that professional development budget. Um, When we don't, you know, look at your donors or partners that you have. Oftentimes, so many of us are now doing free webinars, workshops, meetups, networking events that aren't, that don't cost anything, but you need to know about it and put yourself out there to attend and Mm -hmm. offer it to your team. Don't just take it all kind of for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, those are some really great examples, but I want to come back to the idea of like learn by doing, because I don't think there's a lot of practice of that. And I mean, professional development budgets, yes, we know notoriously are minuscule for small nonprofits if they even exist, but I agree. Like, I think there's a ton out there. But I also think we have this mentality of like stay in your lane when you're working. So let's dive into that a little bit more because I do think that people want to develop their skills and it can serve the organization and serve the people if you give them a little bit of work that they want to be doing that might not be in their job description. Do you have any examples of uh, creative ways you've seen that done? Well, first of all, when you said stay in your lane, I was instantly like my heart raced. I had a palpitation. (laughs) That is such a disappointing term that a leader can say, Uh, especially to someone who is, who has so much potential. And let's be real. We all have so much potential. The chances are we've just never been given opportunities and we don't know how to advocate for ourselves. Again, that's like side conversation, but giving somebody um, some flexibility in their role and knowing, you know, like just even like join a social committee. I know, again, this is kind of coming from some of the corporate groups that I work with. They have, you know, the fundraising committee, the social committee, they have, um, you know, the green committee, you know, letting people explore things even on committee encouraging them to join boards or volunteer other places, right? As fundraisers, Mm -hmm. we think they have to volunteer with our organization. No, they don't. (laughs) Let them like, let them spread their wings. Um, These are just some, you know, interesting ways that people can get that experience. And when you are the one who's giving them the opportunity, they're loyal to you. You're helping develop their loyalty and gratitude back to you for encouraging that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think there's so many great examples there of how we can build this in, but I I mean, it's, we definitely don't have time to talk about time, but (laughs) maybe another time, because um, again, I just want to emphasize what we talked about right off the bat, which is this, your team is your most valuable resource. And so if you don't make time for these things, it will come back and bite you hard 
and you will have less time and they will have less time because there will be fewer people doing the same or more work. So the one thing I will say about time, and I know it is like a whole other conversation. If you are a leader um, who is constantly out of, out of time, or your team is constantly out of time, I think you do need to do a bit of an internal time audit Mm -hmm. as to what are you spending your time on um, so that you can just readjust. I think a lot of burnout and overwhelm comes from just actually mismanaged time. Yeah. That's what I'll say on that. I love, I love that. I'll say one more thing because I I think your point is really important. Um, Very often I think I, or I see teams spend a lot of time in meetings that don't have to be meetings. And instead, it's probably a better use of those meetings to do that more meaningful check-in, right? Yes. I think like using that time to connect where like we used to do a morning, like quick check-in yeah. Yeah, uh, on Zoom. And we took that to Slack. And now each person reports on like a couple of things. But then when we do meet, we're having deeper conversations. And so really looking at how to use that time, what, what needs to be, what can you not replace mm-hmm. uh, when you are meeting with people? Like you can't really do like a, my weekend plans on Slack or messenger or anything like that. Uh, but you can do a lot of other things. So anyways, Absolutely. we will move on, but I, I just, I think that's so, so important. So gratitude, I mean, as a fundraiser, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, but you mentioned at the beginning, there's some ways that we express gratitude that are not necessarily impactful. So how can we, or what should we be thinking about for gratitude? Yeah. So again, it's like your donors, right? You spend, there's whole departments and some organizations dedicated to donor gratitude um, and none for team. So just ponder that a little bit. I always start with teams on sending out a bit of a, I want to say a pulse check or a survey on getting to know how they respond to gratitude. Because the way that I respond to gratitude is very different than maybe you. So for me, it's almost like knowing your team's love language a little bit, mm. if you've read that, <laughs> that book. And I do not... Um, I do not respond to words of affirmation. So if somebody's like, Ashley, you did such a great job. I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, 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 yep. Move on. But if somebody um, shares my content or encourages other people to follow me or makes a referral for me, to me, that is so much more meaningful than telling me I did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my wife hates verbal out loud public displays of (laughs) gratitude the worst thing you could possibly do like for her leader if they were like everyone attention this amazing she would crawl into a hole (laughs) run away and just she'd actually be mortified and it would make her never actually want to do a good job again (laughs) yeah you know what I mean so you really have to know your people so I say start there just do a quick little survey, ask people, how would you spend $10? How do you like to be appreciated? What motivates you? Um, you know, what ways do you like to show appreciation? Mm. And, you know, what's been missing the mark for you? 
like ask those questions. It's like five fairly simple questions that you can just put out there, take them, pay attention to them, (laughs) right? Create a little chart, put it in there. And then when somebody on your team does a good job and you want to recognize them, you kind of refer back to your list. Yeah. It's so simple. It's really simple. It's just about paying attention to, to people and understanding that each person is different. And I often get this resistance of, well, what if somebody's motivation is money and that's how they want to be thanked? It's like, okay, you can find creative ways. You don't necessarily have to give one person a bonus and then other, another person a high five because they like the physical touch. <laughs> I'm going to turn down that money for a high five. No, if you're getting bonuses, give them across the board. Exactly. So you just have to understand what type of appreciation hits the mark for them and do that. I also encourage people to do um, gratitude across the board. Mm. So even little cards like gratitude cards that you can just leave in the office or give everyone a stack. And encourage people to just write little notes and drop them on each other's desks. Or if you're hybrid or virtual, like send it in the mail. Yeah. Invest in stamps. <laughs> when I was a kid, we did this at work because I did this as a kid and uh, I don't even remember where, but I'm sure it was like school or camp or something where we, everyone would take a piece of paper and put their name on the top and then you'd the next person, you pass the paper to the next person. And then they would write something nice about the person whose name was on the paper and then fold it. So it was hidden and pass it along. Um, and everyone would write down an anonymous, like little nice note or talk about that person's strengths. Um, and then it would come back and then you would, you would have this like whole page full of amazing, positive feedback. Um, Anyways, I've done that with teams and it's been really cool also to see like, again, it's that, it's that connection or this, like you see me, right. That I matter. And then you start to see that people pick up on your, your Mm -hmm. strengths, right. And what you're known for. And Mm -hmm. I just, I think it's such a simple thing. I don't even remember when I did it as a kid, but I did it and it was cool. And, uh, Love doing that. Yeah, My son's class, even just this past Valentine's day, they did the same thing. They all wrote, they cut out 27 cards and they each wrote something they liked about him. And he did it for all of them as well. And I read those and I was just like, buddy, (laughs) this is amazing. My only feedback on that would be, um, do it often. Mm, Yeah. Because once a year, yeah, that like lit us up. Um, but you need it more. Like we need that ongoing gratitude to keep us going. Yeah. So once a year is like not enough. And that's why if you can do those gratitude cards or share something, you know, who helped you the most this month, those Love sorts it. of things do, do it a bit more consistently. Love it. Love it. All right experience. Yeah. Final, our final pillar, what, uh, which I, I feel like my sort of spidey sense are like, Oh, this is where the budget comes in. <laughs> so let's talk about I, what experience means and how we can do it in small organizations again, without like lots of dollars. Yeah. 
So again, a lot of people, as soon as I do say experience, they think event or gifts, right? Often with gratitude too, they think gifts. Mm. Um, And it doesn't have to be really your experience is thinking about what is your employees or your team members experience like at work. So often I say, you know, experience kind of encompasses all of this. Mm-hmm. And even just asking your team members, what are one or two things that would help enhance your experience at work? They might say, I just want a more comfortable chair. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> or, you know what? I, a big one I keep hearing right now is flexibility. Yes. Flexibility yeah. on, do I come to the office? Do I get to work from home? Do I get a choice every day? Um, time that we work, right? Do I want to start at nine? Do I want to start at 7am? Or do I want to start at 10? Like just, and honestly, leaders, this doesn't cost you anything. This is, but it's your team members will feel empowered and heard. um, And that will potentially help their experience at work. So those are like some small things right there, but then also it could be an event. Right. I know a lot of teams right now who are doing, you know, virtual or in-person paint parties, um, cooking, um, just socials, and they're cheap and cheerful. They bring people together. You learn something different, right? Anytime that there's like maybe fun and learning, um, it tends to be really interesting. I did a paint night with a group of accountants. And it was hilarious because all of them just were so resistant to it. They thought they were going to be bad. Um, They wanted to know exactly how to do it. (laughs) And they all created their own unique piece. And now it's a shared experience, right? That's what events do is they create shared experiences that you get to reflect back on. So yes, it might be an event, but it can also be you know, from onboarding to when a team member exits your organization. Mm. Like, how are you making, designing, intentionally designing what that experience looks like from start to finish? Yeah, yeah. I want to wrap up because on that point, and we're running out of time, but you you kind of alluded to this in terms of flexibility, but I think it's, and we talked, actually, we talked a little bit about this throughout, which is, we're more than just who we are at work. Yeah. And to me, that's always been one of the most important, one of the most important things for me with my team is giving them time and space for their non-work stuff mm-hmm. and how that shows up. And sometimes it shows up in having a bad day and sometimes it shows up in having a great day. And so let's just sort of wrap up the conversation with, Cause I think that relates to the experience as well. Like how do we put people using all these pillars? How do we remember, I guess, to, to keep putting people first, that it's not just about how they show up for work, but it's how we support them in life. Yeah. That's such a, an interesting and fair, you know, it's a big one. Um, and it does fall under experiences. And I think for leaders, Oftentimes you can't give what you don't have. Mm. And I often encourage leaders to look within first, right? You can't be um, 
a great leader who has boundaries and time management and care for others if you're not doing it first for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I talk a lot about how parenting and leadership are very similar. But so if you are a parent, you get what I'm saying that you can't help your kid with a temper tantrum if you don't know how to control your emotions. So as a leader, it's really hard to, you know, are you teaching your team how to prioritize? Do you know how to prioritize? Are you talking kindly about yourself and giving gratitude to yourself and then showing your team members how to do the same? Mm. Are you holding boundaries um, for yourself and therefore respecting your team members' boundaries? Um, Are you showing up to work even if it's a bad day and saying, hey, everyone, full transparency, I'm having a bad day. And then just sitting with it and then allowing space for your team members to do the same. Because, you know, leadership is a really significant role and you really do get to set the tone for your organization. So it's, it's a different type of leadership style. Um, but you have to put yourself out there and what you put out there is also then what you're going to get back from your team. I love that. Ashley, where can our listeners connect with you and uh, learn more about your work? Yeah. So I have my own podcast as well called teams with edge. So you can always check that out if you want to hear more, um, on Apple or other streaming uh, podcast sites, uh, and also Our Forte. So my website is ourforte.ca, and I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram's kind of the best places to connect with me. Um, but I'm always happy to always happy to chat. My my goal is to really help leaders keep their teams and clients happy because mm-hmm. I and- think we all deserve to <laughs> enjoy what we do for work. Yes. And hopefully, as you said, it's not just about our teams that we have to role model that. We all need a little bit more happiness. So absolutely, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And of course, to you, our listeners, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.